0: Hi all, Henry Schulman here with a recap of Game 6 of the Interstate 5 World Series, and not a fun one for the team of Northern California Greats. The Norcals were three outs from the first Interstate 5 title with Dennis Eckersley on the mound, the $100 a bottle champagne on ice, the clubbies in the home clubhouse at the Coliseum had all the lockers covered with plastic for a celebration, and it was a celebration that didn't happen. Fred Lynn's two-run double off Eck tied the game 3-3 in the ninth, and Southern California won it with a grand slam in the tenth by Eddie Matthews off Dave Stewart. Good for a 7-3 victory. So the NorCal's 3-1 series lead is gone, and the Golden Greats World Series comes down to Game 7 at Oracle Park, a contest that they never thought they would see. Lefty Gomez certainly was the pitching star of the series. After tossing six and a third innings of shutout relief in game three, he blanked Southern California for seven innings in game six and got the Norcals through eight, even with Bobby Bonds hitting a homer for the first Southern California run. So we bring in Northern California manager Bruce Jenkins. And, and Bruce, some of these pitching decisions of yours have, have not worked out. And I mean, And this has been an offensive series, so it really has been tough. I think, in a lot of cases, to pick these pitchers, um, you didn't let Lefty Gomez finish a gem, and you instead went for Eckersley, who blew the save. And then you brought David Stewart in Dave Stewart in for redemption in the 10th inning after a poor performance as a starter in game four, and that turned disastrous. Let, let's start with the decision to go to Eckersley uh, after eight innings of, of Lefty Gomez uh, you know, throwing one-run ball. Um, what went into that decision?
1: Well, I, I went against my basic nature there, Henry. If somebody's pitching a gem through eight innings and, and looks like he's in control, uh, I'm always, once I, I want to leave him in, I hate to see managers take out a guy who's throwing well because he's thrown, you know, 102 pitches. If he'd throw 99, by God, we're going to bring him back out there. Anyway, I like to see guys finish what they start. But here we are, three outs away. Uh, uh, lefty was going on short rest. And, and when you've got Eckersley, to close it out, I, I just, you know, that that's what I chose to do. I think either way, I can live with it either way. I certainly can live with bringing in Eckersley to close out this series.
0: Okay, so that's not a decision you lose sleep over, right? No, I mean, not at all. Okay. I mean, Dennis Eckersley, one of the great closers of all time. And he had a two-run lead. He even had, uh, you know, a, a run to work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to Stewart in in just a bit. Uh, but let's go back uh, a little bit earlier. This was a, a one nothing game in the seventh inning. Uh, Ken Caminiti had hit an RBI triple in the fourth against Jim Palmer, uh, so it was one nothing in the seventh when Jolt Joe DiMaggio came to the plate with a man on against Palmer and provided a swing
2: that pushed the Norcals that much closer to the title.
0: John Miller has the
2: call. So now Jolt and Joe DiMaggio to the plate with a man aboard here in the last of the seventh, still only one to nothing, Norcal leading, and Jim Palmer still on the mound having an outstanding night. Joe DiMaggio one of the all time greats 10 World Series he played in and his team the Yankees won nine of those 10 but he's had kind of a quiet series so far Palmer ready at the belt and he throws and DiMaggio swings and he hits a high drive to center field that one is hit pretty well going way back there Duke Snyder he's at the warning track he's at the wall it is gone a home run. Joe DiMaggio with a two-run homer over the center field wall here at the Coliseum over the 400-foot side, and it is three nothing,
0: NorCal. Okay, now it's it's three nothing. You have a three 0 lead. It's uh, you know there's a, there's only uh, a couple innings left here uh, in this game, and uh, you know even with the uh, even with the offensive nature of the series, I, I'm imagining that with a three nothing lead, uh, Lefty Gomez pitching the way he's going. Dennis Eckersley in your holster.
1: I mean, did you start to think about that champagne at all? I was thinking more tang. We brought <laughs> in, I brought in yeah. a bunch of tang in case we were going to go to game seven. Uh, no, no, uh, no cockiness there. But you know, to see DiMaggio come to life like that was really invigorating. It felt like it put us up 10-0. It, it felt so good because he hadn't had a great uh, offensive series. But he was about to make a play that made me feel even better about it. Um, and it just looked really good at that point yeah, it, it
0: just i mean it three nothing lead uh with the kind of pitching you have, like we're talking about, um just just sounded just sounded kind of impenetrable, impenetrable. So you have Dennis Eckersley on the mound, three one lead. The problem is that uh the one of the guys he had to face in the inning was the guy who has taken over this series offensively. I mean, it was just the bad fortune that Eckersley had to face his former A s teammate. Mark McGuire and uh Maguire came up there and he he hit a double and maybe Eck was rattled a little bit. Uh, he didn't usually walk guys, but he walked Eddie Matthews. So now there's two on. And Southern California manager Houston Mitchell, he just made a what turned out to be a genius move. He had Fred Lynn bat for Robin Young. That move surprised you a little bit?
1: Well, a little bit. I mean, uh Fra- Frank Robinson once told me that Robin Young in nineteen eighty two, which is the year we have him, was a had the greatest year he's ever seen by a shortstop. And he wound up being an outfielder after that. But Fred Lynn, in his early days with the Red Sox, what was like a revelation. You know, tremendous left-hand hitter, made spectacular catches, ran into walls, a fan favorite. So what are you going to do? He's, you know, if you're playing the righty-lefty thing, he's a lefty coming up against Dak. So a little bit, but, but it, it was part of the deal is that, you know, Houston, like, like I, I was trying to do, is trying to get guys in the game. And, boy, he, he made a – you know, that's a gutsy move there. That it it kind of paid off.
0: So what does Lynn do? He hits a two-run double that ties the game 3-all. Now, I know you don't believe in momentum, Bruce, but following the Lynn double, there was a play that seemed to shift the tide back to Northern California's favor. Tug McGraw is on the mound, Tony Gwynn is at the
2: plate, and he hits what looks to be a go-ahead single. But Joe DiMaggio had other ideas. Southern California staying alive. Two runs in here in the ninth inning, a 3-3 tie. Tug McGraw from the bullpen to face Tony Gwynn now with Lynn, the possible go-ahead run at second base. And here's McGraw, the left-hander, to the left-handed batting Gwynn. Gwynn hits a line drive up the middle. Base headed to center field. Lynn coming around third. He's going to be waved home. DiMaggio, who's got a great arm, he comes up throwing. It's a perfect one hop throw to the plate. It's going to be close and he is out at the plate. The great tag after the great throw. Ernie Lombardi, who is huge, and he put up a roadblock blocking off Lynn from the plate, and that keeps the game tied. Joe DiBaggio, who's had quite a game, keeps NorCal
1: from falling behind here in the ninth. Well, that's not a bad center fielder you have there, Bruce. Well, Joe DiMaggio charged that ball, came up throwing, threw a perfect strike to home to nail him. And, uh, oh, man, like, you know, you talk about momentum. When I say I don't believe in it, I believe in like the next day you don't have any momentum from the day before. But during a game, I absolutely believe in it. And when DiMaggio threw him out like that, I just felt like, okay, you know, uh, Bobby Bonds uh, was retired to end that inning. We got out of it. We go to extras, and I'm just thinking, Dimaggio, between the home run and that great throw, man, I still like wh- where we're going here.
0: Well, and I was just thinking too. Imagine if you're a fan uh, in 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 the, in the Coliseum, and this is the first chance you've had to see Joe Dimaggio play, to see him do what he did so well, uh, not only at the plate but in the field. I think that that would be a moment I would I would never
1: ever forget. Uh, just it's good, yeah, and and, and you know what, when he did that. <laughs> Houston Mitchell's like, how, how great is this? You know, it it went against him. And I, I, I said that several times, uh, when things went well for him, just the idea of these guys, you're you're managing these guys and seeing what they're doing. And so many great uh, scenarios, uh, presented themselves. And it it got to be more about just the pure enjoyment of the game than, by God, I'm going to crush you here, NorCal all the way. You know, I mean, uh, that was part of it, but but just the, uh, the the players involved and to be able to manage him kind of overrode everything emotionally. Yeah, and uh, you know that play that uh,
0: DiMaggio made throwing out Fred Lynn might have had a small effect on what happened in the tenth inning, but um, eventually it worked out for the SoCal's anyway. Um, what happened was that um, you know the the, the Veuve Cliquot or the I don't know the Arco brand uh, champagne had had long been removed from the home dugout. Now that it was. Uh, now that it was 3-3, and uh, McGraw is still in the game, uh, and the Southern Californians in the top of the 10th inning load the bases off McGraw. Now, you made a decision then to bring in Dave Stewart to face McGuire, and, uh, I mean, that right there you would think might have created the hit that puts this game in SoCal's favor. Now, McGuire hit a fly ball to center. Jackie Robinson, as fast as he was – didn't test DiMaggio's arm. Uh, and I guess with nobody out, there was no real reason to. But that really is kind of a respect for DiMaggio's arm and,
1: and what we saw the inning before, right? Absolutely. Once again, you know, DiMaggio is rising to the occasion. And, you know, with Stewart there, you know, we're in Oakland. Uh, McGuire's coming up. He's had the, the better of, of Stewart. And, you know, I, I, I talked to Dave. Are you ready to, do, to pitch relief? And uh, he especially wanted this moment. And by God, I went with him there. And when he got McGuire on the fly ball, I'm thinking, Shh, you know, thank you. <laughs> However. A double, a double play and you're out of
0: it and you have the momentum. Yeah. And, but that's not what happened. Eddie Matthews stepped to the plate, that baby-faced assassin uh, from the Braves. And here's John Miller letting you know
2: what happened. Such tension, such drama. Tenth inning here at the Coliseum in game six. Three to three the score. Dave Stewart brought in from the bullpen in such a tight spot after Tug McGraw walked the bases loaded with one out. He did get McGuire on a shallow fly ball to center, but now here's Eddie Matthews. Three men on, two men out. Matthews, 12-time All-Star, 512 home runs, one of the greatest slugging third basemen in Major League history. And here is Stu to Eddie Matthews. And there's a swing and a long drive deep into center field. Way back goes DiMaggio. He's gliding back to the warning track, and get out the rye bread, grandma. It's grand salami time. Eddie Matthews with a grand slam here in the 10th, and Southern California has a 7-3 lead.
0: So that's it. A grand slam by Eddie Matthews, a four-run victory for Southern California, and now the series is all tied up at three games apiece. And I have to think now that uh, even though the game is at home, it's going to be at Oracle Park. Um, you, you have to think that maybe the the momentum that you don't believe in is actually on the Southern California side. On the other hand, you're putting the series in the hands of Tom Seaver, and as we as we know, he had a three hit complete game in in Game Two, uh, and and he's going to face Don Drysdale, who was the Game One loser and didn't have. A great game. Um, you feel pretty good about that matchup?
1: No, oh, I feel really good about it. Um, uh, it's Tom Sievers pitching for me. You know, we uh, the, our bats did not go quiet in uh, in Game Six. Uh, DiMaggio came to life. Uh, the mood in the clubhouse is is good. It's upbeat. Uh, it, it was a tough a tough hang uh, you know, right off the bat. It was pretty crushing. But a few minutes went by, and guys are going, "We're looking good here." Let's look around this clubhouse. We're going to take it tomorrow at Oracle and and uh, save the embarrassment of blowing a 3-1 lead.
0: All right. Well, one game left in the Golden Greats series here. I mean, you couldn't have asked for more from a competitive standpoint. And we'll talk to you after Game 7, Bruce. You bet. Look forward to it, Henry. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the Giant Splash or A's Plus Podcast so you can hear future recaps from this Golden Greats World Series.